a, a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. With Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Rivich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. Today, we're sitting and kicking it with Mr. 21 and O. Some say he was the best in the NCAA. Some say that he was the most consistent racer on the circuit. I say, where's the 1,500 meters? Where's the 400 meters? One-dimensional talent, like get on a relay or something. Anyway, I'm off track a little bit. Unlike you, obviously, you don't run cross. Um, I'm waffling. Okay, so it's Bryce Hoffel. What's going on, buddy? Yo, what's up? It's good to be on. <laughs> I've been a big fan of the podcast, so I've kind of Fantastic. been interested in it. To find Fantastic. my way in here eventually. Yeah, we were waiting for you to run the number two all time in America or in American history to uh, finally earn a spot on the podcast, you know, because your previous accolades weren't good enough to uh, <laughs> to get into this. So, yeah, now you finally made the jump to be on the Sit and Kick podcast, the most elitist uh, podcast on the running circuit. So, congratulations on that. That's what was going through my mind through that race. I was like, hopefully, I run fast enough to get on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch your attention, man. We're, we have a we have a very quick attention span, so you know we move we move along we move along athletes pretty quickly. But so you you back home now? Is that you done kind of your indoor stuff, or are you kind of still moving around traveling? No, yeah, I'm back. I'm back in Kansas, kind of getting back to training, trying to get ready for the next one. So just training here with the college squad and uh, everything's going well. I mean, it's a good group of boys here, but yeah, that's, that's it's interesting. Um, like I'm sure we, I haven't even read our script, but I'm sure we'll get into this at some point, but maybe not. So you stayed with your college coach, correct? Oh yeah. No. So yeah. it's interesting because a lot of the times you see a plateau when athletes stay with their collegiate coach and they they're there for a year or two and then they go to a different group, but you found like immediate success with your collegiate coach, even though you're in this entirely different bucket of competition. So what was like that mentality of not only staying with your coach, but how did you guys elevate the things you were already doing to then be one of the best in the world? That's something I ask myself every day, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure. Uh, one of the big things is like, what's keeping me here. It's just like, it's scary to move. It's like, yeah, you, you say, I'm like, I've been doing, doing great while I'm here and it just keeps elevating and stuff. And so I've looked around, I mean, I visited a few groups here and there and it's like, Oh yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. But then there's like the fear of, okay, what if I do switch it up? And then it's like, it all just goes to shit. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> shouldn't have yeah. left it there. And so was that, was that part of your signing process? Like, were they like, Oh, pushing your groups or were they like, you know, you can kind of make your own decision here and we're going to be a bit fluid with it or, or what yeah, that was that one like? of the few things. Cause like Adidas was like, yo, like, I mean, Kansas is a big Adidas school and they're like, yeah, you can just keep chilling there. If mm -hmm. as long as everything keeps working well, I was like, sounds good to me. Let's just <laughs> keep it rolling with that. And uh, I want to get uprooted and, sent off to portland like uh i don't know name the company but <laughs> yeah so was that like then a negotiation thing because who's your agent flynn correct uh no i'm with mark wetmore oh you are oh yeah. i didn't know that that's cool then and then i'll just cut that out so who's I'm your agent mark guy <laughs> i know i'm a stack guy for some reason i thought you were flynn but mark wetmore cool um so was that like a conversation that you had with him that like your number one priority was to stay and if he was going to out outsource two companies that like that was a negotiation standpoint on your guys's end to stay with your collegiate programming yeah, no, that was that was a big like crucial point of it. Uh, I'll be honest, my like signing went so quickly. Like it was literally <laughs> one day. Like I was going into the U.S. Championships and it's like, all right, going back to KU for my fourth year. I got to finish off with them. And then the next day, it's like, yo, like let's go pro. 
And then like within a week, I was like, I signed to Adidas and it all happened so quickly. So it was Wait, like, you signed as a junior? Uh, yeah, after my Oh, junior. I didn't know that. I thought you were a senior. That's crazy. It's one of the, one of the best athletes too. Yeah, but the, the, the cool thing about Bryce is he left when he was on top of the podium. So um, <laughs> there's there's some credit for him to knowing that it was time for him to move on. And he had nothing else to prove. Yeah, yeah. I so, made that um, decision before that race, but it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like a violation by any means. <laughs> what are they going to do not? <laughs> Listen to the podcast, doubtful. Um, anyway, but yeah, so for you, Bryce you it's crazy how quickly you came onto the scene and then how relevant you were from that point on because what you want your first indoor your first championships was indoor correct yeah that that one in birmingham and and i for some reason i remember watching that and like i don't know if this is shade or anything because you've proven me wrong but i was like i disregarded that i was like i don't even know who this guy is you know like there's guys in that race that i like probably picked to win over you but then you win your indoor championships i'm like kansas i was like okay cool i was going in that race was happy to be there i was just like I would go out here and then all of a sudden, like, I mean, y'all know how it feels. You're just feeling great. And then all of a sudden you see that line in your head of everybody. It's like, well, that just happened. Yeah. And then from that point on though, you kept it. Like that was, that was the momentum that oh, yeah. never stopped. Yeah. That was like, that's when it got in my mindset. I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can, can't be doing this up at this level. And so I kind of just ran with it from there. And uh, that was like the first time I'd heard the streaking. I mean, it was like a joke with a lot of my teammates on my, yeah. like, and my girlfriend at the time would always make fun of me, just like stop talking about the streak. And like I would never talk about it, but everyone else would. Uh, but no, that was like the first time it became like apparent that I was like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess I haven't lost, and better keep that up then. Yeah. <laughs> was it was there a certain level of um, like pre like because obviously you got regionals, you got conference stuff, you got prelims. Was there like in the back of your mind, would you have given that extra one percent on the prelim to keep the streak alive? Yeah, there was honestly a couple times where it was like it wasn't needed at all, and I think specifically when I was racing Devin at uh, it was like the semifinals or like the prelims to get to nationals, and he was like running away at the race, and I was like, no, you you know, I'm like, I'm gonna go run down right here, like I gotta keep it going, and so yeah, that was a big marketing thing for you though as well, like especially when you came onto the like professional scene and you kept that going, it was like like okay next challenge you know continue that you know with with the o in the end so i think you know i think it was definitely big for your for your movement and and for i'm sure adidas were like we're loving this this is the kind of press that we're looking for a consistent racer and that's difficult to have in the in the professional scene too oh i know yeah i was terrified you were in that race i i remember going there to california i was like <laughs> they had freaking centrowitz and stuff in that race and everybody and i was like yeah. Funny enough, you battled to you battled with Craig to the line, but then like this oh, past yeah. this past weekend, you obliterated him. So what's the difference in that? I mean, given like you could talk about difference in seasons, difference in sharpness, and things like that, but still at the professional level, like obviously everyone in that race is going for the win, and everyone in that race is going for the the highest finish that they can go. And that was Craig's indoor PB. That was your indoor PB. But what's been the separator from that California meet to like the most recent indoor championships? Yeah, no, I mean, now like track is my job. So I think definitely now I'm like, I'm in the best fitness I've ever been. And like, I focus on it a lot more. I mean, I'm not going to say like, I wasn't focusing it in college, but I feel like in college it's still kind of just like a fun thing to do. But now I'm like really focusing in and making sure that I'm doing everything I need to be doing to, to be the best athlete that I can be. But like in college, like I was never the healthiest eater. I was never just like super serious and like being the leader on the team and stuff. It was just like, I don't know, like, just another fun day at the track with the boys and I don't know. So definitely now it's like, 
taking more of a leadership role with with all these guys here at KU and uh, kind of just making it my life now <laughs> of yeah. of making sure that I'm doing the little things. Man, that's right. got to be an easy recruitment standpoint for for your coach at Kansas. Just being uh, like, yeah, we got Bryce Hopple here. If you guys want to be in the 800 meter training group, you got this guy to work off of. No, we we have a we have an 800 guy coming up that I know those A and M boys over there. They got some special stuff going on, but y'all got to watch out for AJ Green. He's gonna he's gonna smoke some people in the NCAA here soon. Nice. So you, so you come so you come out of college you sign you sign a pretty big deal you know what's what's some stupid money you've spent dude i want to hear some stupid money i know you'll be on the big bucks i want to hear some like dumb money that you've spent yeah this is actually i want to i want to add before you answer um i kind of want to go in the banter of this because you know people sign their professional contracts and the first thing they buy is this first thing they buy is that i know the first thing you bought so you can't lie to me what was the first thing you bought with the money you got from your contract the first thing i bought uh wait you you said you know what it is i do know what it is so you can't lie to me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what you're talking about i think the first (laughs) thing was like i bought a pretty nice tv like right away okay uh no i feel like i've been pretty responsible with it and uh i think the thing that was was fun to do i like i mess around on Robinhood a lot and that's kind of like relevant right now but uh so are you um, in the hole no, I'm, I'm doing great on it. <laughs> Wait, did you buy out? Did you get out of GameStop? Oh, no, I, I didn't jump on that, actually. I was, I was staying away from that. <laughs> Fair but, enough. Don't talk to me about it. But I'm gonna... a day trader. You don't want to be a day trader. We're looking in the future, Dave. Um, you don't want to get rich quick. Got to yeah. make responsible decisions. Wait, what are you talking about with my, you know, my first purchase? Yeah, so so um, I'm not going to tell you how many resources I have against you, um, <laughs> but I can tell you that there's a fair amount. Um, they say... His first purchase after going pro, he probably will lie about it, but the correct answer is a $150 Blu-ray Game of Thrones collector's pack. Oh, actually, yeah, I, I think. But you I bought did. a nice TV to watch those videos, but out of all the things you could have bought first, you buy a $150 collector's edition Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first things. I had to go along with the TV, so no, I was, I was big into Game of Thrones. I was Sure. <laughs> in a while now. I actually haven't watched it. Like I have this freaking collection, but like since then I haven't watched it on that. <laughs> so let's talk. We've talked a little bit about your pro and collegiate, but I kind of want to go back a little bit. So in high school, you're you're from Texas. You went to Midland High School. You ran 149 in high school, mm-hmm. um, 410 in the 1600 meters, 1454 in the three mile. You could easily run sub four in the mile. I mean, yeah. like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say easily to, to <laughs> put pressure on you, but I'm going to say easily because of the accolades that you had out of high school. Like, so, so what was your recruitment process first off out of high school looking into Kansas? Cause Kansas wasn't necessarily a relevant school in that time period, but they've obviously had greats come through that school. What was your recruitment process? Like running 149 in, in high school is no joke. You probably had tons of offers. So let's talk about it. No. Yeah. So I actually did that 149 came after I had already signed to Kansas. So I did most of my stuff off of like, I think it was like a 153 guy doing all my recruiting. And so I was, I, I went around and looked at like every, every Texas school in the area and Texas tech is like right on my doorstep and they, they wanted me bad. I mean, and then you see now that they ended up being like national team champions. Uh, but I don't know. I was never interested. It was like, uh, like all my high school friends and stuff all went there. And uh, I kind of just wanted like a different scene, like, yeah. College is a lot of experience of like going somewhere different. And then I think Kansas. So you go like to Kansas. To yeah. So Kansas reached out to me like after doing well, at like one of the USATF, like June Olympic meets. And I was just talking to the coach and 
I mean, Coach Witt would just like seeing something special to me, and there's just like an instant connection with that. And then came and saw the team, and kind of just went on from there. But no, it was it was weird because like yeah, you said like I did have like the 149, but I was never like that sought after a recruit, and so I don't like remember ever being chased by anyone really, and so. I feel like I was doing the searching rather than being searched for. So it's kind of weird. That's cool. Yeah. Interesting. But, so did you ever race different races in college or no? I've always, so my coach has like, he's always kind of like not pressured me to like be doing miles, but I don't know. I feel safe in the 800. Uh, I might be a little <laughs> intimidated by you guys with the 15. So I think eventually, and it's been weird with COVID, like, mm -hmm. like, getting into a bunch of races and so when i do have the chance like okay like i gotta hop into eight uh but i think once racing gets going back here um hopefully pop one off see see what's going on but yeah i mean I, I was in the car with garrett uh heath yesterday we were talking about like the upcoming episode of what we're recording right now and he just said he's like you gotta tell bryce to to stay in the eight keep doing what's like working and things because he was talking about people making the jumps too soon to different events and things like that and like that's not to discourage you from doing a 15 but it's like you are obviously finding success in the 800 so there's really no reason to also try to find success in an event that you you haven't done before but with a pr of 347 in the 1500 meters like Ooh. you 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 need to bring that down to match your 143 dude that's a mile yeah. pr <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah that's that's tough i think I haven't had that many opportunities. And it's always like early season that my coach would toss me in like a 15 or something. And I'd always be doing like the double, uh, triple actually. I'd always be doing like the four by four mile and 800 when I'd have those days. But uh, I said he doesn't have any, like any times. This. How many races did you run in, that in, in 2019? You ran like 40 races in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> you got no it's time because you're just doing the same shit. So I think some, what people don't realize, I think some of those are 1500s that they counted towards that number. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> I'll give you it. I'll give you it. So we're, so we're, we're, you know, obviously we're very positive on this podcast. The Olympics are happening this year. Oh yeah. What does it take for you to make the 800 meter Olympic team? Honestly, I think stay consistent. I mean, I don't mm -hmm. want to say like it's a lock, but I'm feeling pretty confident right now, especially with like how things are going. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of just like stay healthy. I feel like I was ready for it last year, but now it's like, oh, we got to wait for longer. But I feel like I honestly have just kind of improved since then. But I mean, there's a lot of guys like the USA hundred is that scene is pretty crazy right now. So there's going to be a lot of guys kind of coming after on our heels and stuff. So I'm, I get kind of nervous at times. I'll, I'll be honest, but I don't know. I'm pretty confident. <laughs> so, you know, you've got, you're only allowed three spots this year, which is, which is obviously a little bit more nerve wracking for some people. And, you know, do you feel like there's going to be a good, majority of those guys in the final are going to have the standard like 145.3 i would say it's a pretty solid standard but i think you know at least eight guys can get that in the u.s right you yeah i think <laughs> I, you think so but like i mean going into the world championships i think only like four guys had it mm -hmm. and i i think that was even less of a like standard i think it's like 145.6 and uh not many of them not many people had it but no i think people will get more excited. I think we'll see some of the college guys coming up to it. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know who to look from there coming now. I mean, kind of like you said, I just rose, rose out of nowhere. Like, I feel like you can have someone like that just every year. And so yeah. I think so, and especially in an Olympic year, I think things can happen that kind of just come from crazy angles, especially with it, with a year like this, where there's going to be minimum races or minimal races. And then just people are just going to have to turn up and perform, but that's all the Olympics are is, you know, turn up and you've got, you know, 
two separate occasions you've got to perform, which is at the trials and, and at the Olympic Games. So it's going to be an interesting year, I think. You know, um, you're kind of known for, for your consistency, but what allows, what in training, like, allows that to happen? You know what I mean? Like, it's very difficult to put back-to-back races together. You were able to do that in college. You're not able to do that in the professional scene, especially at World Championships. Are you doing strength work? Are you doing mostly speed work? Like, what's what, like, what, what allows you to do that? Oh, yeah. I actually come from, I think that's probably what sets me apart a little bit from Andrew, guys. I mean, I don't know from else's training, but I definitely come from more like a strength side. And that's mm-hmm. kind of how it's saying, like, Coach Witt has always kind of pressed me to be a miler. But I'm definitely putting in a lot of the, like, the miles and stuff. And tempos is, like, a pretty usual staple in my workouts and stuff. And we're only really on the track, like, once a week for for speed stuff. And even then, it's, like, pretty high volume. Like, I don't know, we'll have, like, five miles of, of, of interval work for the track days. And uh, I guess Thursdays we do get in 200 for speed. But, no, I feel like the – the speed aspect is always going to come naturally. And then what I really have to hammer in is like making sure the fitness is there and yep. getting that volume and stuff in it. And that's, that's the tough part because like, Oh man, I couldn't tell you all the horror stories of my freshman year in college, just trying to be made into a cross country runner and just out there <laughs> dying. And I would have like, it's weird. Cause I was like one of the, I feel like obviously not the worst on the team, but like out of cross country, I would just be struggling. And, I just remember I had some good memories with one of the guys on my team, Marquine, and we'd just be, we'd just be sitting in the back, just and <laughs> doing all the less work. And I don't know, it's it's funny how how things kind of progress from that. But no, uh. <laughs> I think that's interesting about your training, though, because it's like when we're talking about like making that Olympic team, and we're talking about the people in that race and who could get the standard. I mean, if you look specifically at the American indoor um, 800 meter record list, like five of the top six guys I think are still racing today and are relevant today in the 800 meters. You have you, yeah. you have Donovan, you have Drew Wendell, you have Eric Swinsky now on that. I think Clayton Murphy's ran somewhere close to the top record list. I'm not sure exactly where he sits, but yeah, it, it's like those guys are all still relevant and all have made teams in the last three years. So it's like the 800 meter. I mean, you and I both know Bryce that the USA is the hardest team to make in both the 1500 meters and, and the 800 yeah, meters. Is, yeah. yeah. And the 1500 meters as well um wait, 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 when was the last when was the last time the uk had an olympic champion in the 1500 oh, here we go the Olympic champion other than, other than central who ran three i said most recent i said most recent <laughs> so um that must, be a we, tough, it must, must be a tough team to make when you know when he runs 350 in the final you know what i mean yeah i'm sure there's not anything that came from like a 49 50 point last lap but We'll uh, go back to Bryce on it. So you're talking about the strength work. And I think what's so cool about the the 800 meters is it's one of those weird events where like you can have like an endurance and aerobic background with like just like the natural speed element to it. So like I guarantee there's no one in the country doing the same workouts as you. Um, Maybe like something similar, but like your whole um, regime of workouts and and training and fitness comes from a very different background from that of like a a Drew or Donovan or Clayton or Eric. Because like having Eric with us last year, some of the things that he were doing, it was just like mind boggling, you know, like sled poles and like insane speed workouts on the track. And like, not to say that you don't have insane speed workouts on the track, but like everyone is different when it comes down to what they're going to do to get sharp um, in that 800 meter race. But I think you're right. Consistency and staying healthy is the most important thing. If any of us are healthy at the Olympic trials and there's like our number one focus is just making that team. I think it's going to be a high likelihood um, that we do. So it's like, being healthy, getting the standard. That's really all that is about. And you already have it. So you're, you're sitting soft. 
sitting soft. I don't know why I said sitting yeah. soft, but That's you're sitting soft image, there. Dude. You know, you're not sitting oh, hard. Oh, you done though. I mean, standards are nothing. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in an event happen. where ten guys could have the standard standards or nothing, yeah, you just got to race. So, um, we'll we'll skip through the next question, but yeah, let's talk us talk us through the last four months of training. What have been like the struggles of it? Because COVID has obviously been been real. Um, you're working with the collegiate programming, so Josh and I, in terms of like our availability to get on tracks and to get on into like gyms and things like that, has been very difficult because we come from a non-association to like a university or things like that. Like has being directly related to a, a university team kind of helped with that? Oh yeah, no, I, <clears throat> through this whole thing, like I feel like I haven't been limited at all with facilities, at least like I definitely had access to weights and tracks like throughout everything. I think the, the worst thing was, was just like, I found myself working out solo for a really long time. And that's kind of like hard to not to have like other guys to kind of push you through workouts and stuff. But that was something that I definitely had to adapt to was doing everything on my own. And I think it like made me stronger in a way to where it's like, okay, now that I'm back with these guys and working out, I'm still just like kind of leading everything on my own and having to have that strength, I guess. And you can't like, normally when you have these guys around you, you can just kind of like piggyback off them and kind of like take the pace. But I feel like I've gotten a lot of volume and strength from having to do everything like solo. And so with that being kind of like a, dis, like a drawback and kind of a positive thing at the same time, but I don't know. I think I was pretty lucky with not being like held back from not having a track or anything. That's tough. Yeah. Like y'all didn't have a track at some point. Well, it's like Brooks doesn't have a track. So we in Seattle typically bounce around local tracks, community tracks, high school tracks. Yeah. We've gotten kicked off of a few. I got a fence installed around one. So yeah. Like we've had people Dave, just Dave, tell us they to fucked it for all of us. What? Yeah. Right. It was because it was a bad time trial. I bet if it was a good time trial, they would have said, okay, you can stay. But because it was yeah. a bad time trial, they're like, first off, you're not very good. Second off, we don't want you on a track if you're that bad. So they, they, they went live on a, on a time trial. And yeah. I know he wants to relive this. So I'll definitely say it in as much detail as I can. I cannot they, wait to edit this out. They did a two mile time trial that he was like hyping up with all these like big media things. Does it live on his Instagram, blows up and then gets us all kicked off the track. Oh, because yeah. someone who f- is from that high school knew that we didn't have permission to be on there. So kicked us off. Dang. And then there's a fence built. And, and all a all fence. the big friendlies that y'all running up there in the North or Northwest. Yeah. I was feeling left out for those. I was like, yeah, like, why am I not up there doing all that stuff? Yeah. And that looked fun. I was, I was a little jealous. Dude, it was good. It was just difficult to find. It was like, we're racing the same people every week with the same ability. So it was like kind of annoying. Yeah, but um, it's the people that you need to be racing, I feel like there's a lot of talent up there. Uh, yeah, it was it was good to a certain extent. Like Josh know, was had... winning all the races, so he's like, "Man, eh, not much talent, you know." I, was, you know, <laughs> I, I liked a little bit more. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like throwing sharing like that. But like, we have when when you've got that many people, it's difficult to. I don't know. I think you know when you when you're in a situation where you're like, all right, let's try and find a pacer to run three thirty four, three thirty three they're like, well, if I can pace through 34, through 33, I should be in this race. So we didn't really find a lot of pacers, which is a bit of a nightmare. And then, and then it was just like, I don't know, it was, it was interesting battles, but it was just like, we'd be exactly like you were watching us being like, Oh, we want to be there. And then we were watching Europe being like, we want to be there. So it was like, it was like the grass is always greener, but you know, it was was on a stationary bike, just wanting to run. So, you know, perspective (laughs) is everything, Josh no that was a weird time i literally remember just like following all those races and like i was a fanboy in the comments just like watching <laughs> and 
saying goofy things in there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? All right, let's, let's let's get off track, Josh. Let's let's uh, let's get get the heat roasting a little bit in this one. Do you mm-hmm. want to kind of lead us into this next one? Oh, because you don't have the balls to. Is that why? Uh, I don't have the. Uh, you're just a little bit less romantic than I am, and like romance oh, is a very no. serious subject for me, and I don't think that I could go in with the same amount of banter or perspective as you, <laughs> since you don't take it as serious as I do. So I'll go ahead and sit back. No, that's fine. I, I mean, Bryce, I think you knew this was going to come up at some point. You know, like, yeah, I, I, I just I just want another love interest when it comes to Mr. Hopple. You know, like, yeah, I know you've had options in the past and, <laughs> and you've you've made, made some made some decisions in the past which have affected our team, you know, my living structure. Um, but I just want to know what that looks like now. <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. That's, that's a weird thing to talk about. Uh, <laughs> I never know what to say when it comes to this. I feel like I'm just always... I guess so you, had, you had a missus in college, right? Do you have a missus now? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I did have a, a girlfriend for most of college. Um, yeah. so I kinda that, like, that's that's the best way to do it. Oh, yeah. It kind of takes you out of the, out of the game. <laughs> a bit, so. uh, but no, I feel like I'm still kind of rolling back around into it. And so <laughs> I guess I do have a little bit of love interest right now. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah so then we'll ask like the second part so like did you see any shift in the tension when you started getting good at running and then like women knew you were gonna make some big money uh i try to keep the money thing out of it but, uh i think and your personality uh, is is a snoozle fest you know we got to get you we got to get you amped and hyped so <laughs> i think it does make it a little easier when you're good at running oh uh i don't know though <laughs> How do y'all feel about that kind of stuff? I mean, we're both in long-term relationships. Josh is actually in his girlfriend's penthouse right now. So he's living pretty easy. Oh, her paying rent, yeah. him just lounging about. I don't even know what dating is like. That's why he wears horrible clothes. He doesn't need to impress anyone. I don't need to impress anyone. <laughs> um, okay. No, I did have the perfect... I had, I had the perfect situation where I wasn't paying rent, but now I do have to pay rent and it fucking sucks, you know? <laughs> These so we happen. actually have someone submit bryce um where is this one it's it's about love um and it's not anyone that you know i don't believe but who is your crush on the track and field scene and why who is my crush oh shit well give me a second to think about who's it. yours dave i'm not gonna I'm, i don't have a crush i have a girlfriend <laughs> you, you go first I'll, I'll try to think on, I mean, it's i don't want to say just like sydney just because like it's the one that comes to mind immediately uh Trying to think, well, though. Yeah, plus she she probably listens to this podcast, so you know. Yeah, you know, it'd be really awkward if you said Sydney McLaughlin and then she's listening to the episode, like, oh my god, Bryce is my crush too. <laughs> all right, all right, I do have one, but y'all go first. I'll, I'll go second. Oh, mine. Um, I'll make Dave go just because. Yeah, you know, Dave, you you okay. start us off. Let's let's get let's get some. Oh, I'm getting here. a little uncomfortable. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, well, my girlfriend doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast. She tells me that every episode. Um, I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a crush because, like, I don't. I want love anything. watching Dave panic. This is brilliant. <laughs> I don't necessarily. Wouldn't call it a crush, um, because it's like I don't want anything to happen with them. But I do enjoy watching them race, and I do like their personality and and everything that they kind of do for the sport. Uh-huh. Um, and who would that be? Who would it be? No, go ahead, Josh. Huh? Go ahead. Me? Yeah. I'll let the anticipation uh, build for mine. <laughs> I actually really, I'm looking forward to knowing yours because yours is going to be like crazy. I think it's tough to say. I have admiration for our, our, our lady, uh, Ali Baholsky, you know, I think watching her do her thing. 
I'm fascinated. I enjoy her hard work and I enjoy her being part of the Ali and the boy squad. So, you know, that's, I, I would say that she's, she's someone I enjoy watching race and, and you know, that's as much as I can say with the missus to be honest. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to figure out a way to, to something similar. Um, but it's funny. Olivia calls Ali Buholsky my work wife. Your work wife? My work That's wife. That's really weird, dude. Well, it's not necessarily weird considering how close like Ali and I actually are. That's straight up odd. It'd be more weird if she called her my wife. So because she's my work wife, we just have like relations. Um, yeah, I've been trying to convince Dave to propose to his missus because we need a good bachelor party out here. I'm bored. Uh, but he's not doing it. Yeah, we're, wait- we're, wait- we're waiting. We got we got a whole plan. Yeah, It'll really definitely happen. Yeah. All right, Bryce, go ahead. All right. All right. Uh, I'll probably have to go with Sammy Watson. I mean... I don't know if it's just like same same event. Uh, that's that's uh, the attractive part of it, but I don't know. She's pretty badass at what she's doing. So <laughs> we, we should bring you on for a duo episode. Dave, Dave pretending he's frozen right now, so he doesn't have to say anything. <laughs> it's not Dave. It's all right, dude. It's okay. It's, well, so it's not a crush. It's just like <sighs> I like. There, I like the the way they view things, and I like the the way they represent themselves and things like that. Like I I admire them, and like I, I would like to mirror things from them. Okay. But it's not a crush. <laughs> Just get it said, bro. This this is taking too long. I think Danny Jones does a good job of like, oh, representing himself in a race and things like that. Not not a crush. Not a crush. Not a crush. I agree with that one. But but I think she does a really good job of. You must have loved having her on the podcast, eh? Yeah, that's why I had you lead it. Right? That's why I had you lead as well. Do you guys text a lot? No. <laughs> Dave, hopefully Olivia doesn't listen to this. Oh, Shit. my God. All right, future plans. Um, Josh, you want to go ahead and lead us into the next segment? No, I'm loving this one. Um, no, I, I just wanted to say, personally, from, from my point of view, I would love a rematch, personally. You know, I was very, I was very much in a 5K shape. I'd just come down from the 5K, you know, around 13, 28, done a little bit of speed came into that eight round 145 which is a big pb for me but i would love to i'd love to go i'd love to go toe-to-toe with you again i think that was a lot of fun to do and i think you know what are your racing plans from here i'm, I'm gonna try and sneak in when you race uh i got the that new balance indoor grand prix coming up next that All right, okay. it's a thousand so i'm going oh, up okay a bit. you can come down a little bit <laughs> yeah that would be sick actually i'll have to wait, wait when is that uh it's like next weekend not oh, this shit. yeah i'll probably not be in that one then um <laughs> well if you wanted to race in March, there could be some races in March that will be popping off at. So I might. I, I'm not gonna say anything, but I think I'm in 141 shape. So let's do something crazy. <laughs> Yo, maybe maybe that'll be my debut for the 15. I'll come up and hop in. Oh, the, that would be cool, dude. Awesome. If, if Bryce comes up here to, to bring if you come up to, the, I, I'd put some money on it. If 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 we, you came up to the 15, and then you know I came down to the eight, we could we could put some we could put some bets on it. It'd be a bit of fun. Help me. That's kind of what. PR. Yeah, dude. I think, I think we should start a company, right? That just does track bets. That we could be like the moderators, and like it's just like an app, and it's like we have all the races, and we have stats, and we'd have to figure out like odds and things, and we just yeah. do straight up bets, man. That would be so exciting. Yeah. How's that not happened already? Have I have no idea. That like roster, is it called like roster athletics app? Mm-hmm. Where you can kind of like pick like a fantasy team for track. Yeah. But I just don't I, don't, I don't find that that interesting because it's like not everyone is like needed to be at all these meets. And it's like, what, I don't think fantasy works that well with non-team sports. Yeah. Sure. Like betting would just be like, turn up in the day. We have everyone, we have everyone on the, on the star list, whatever, put some, put some odds on there. 
get people it would be obviously better without covid but i mean just do it on the on the day you know get a big stand up and make a fucking ton of money that'd be Dude, class when you get like the horse race atmosphere out there just i know right I mean, so we have the lanes that's the crazy thing we have the lanes we have the odds we have like the history of every single racer <laughs> exactly. in their shoots or in their you know like their lane so why isn't that a thing i think probably because it's a little bit more personal than other sports it's yeah. so they do it in the uk we actually went over this recently dave on, on a run the the highland games border game stuff that's where you guys flip big poles and you throw like kettles and things. The Highland Games, yeah, the yeah, 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 tossing the caber and stuff. But the caber, tossing the caber. What do they call it? Tossing the caper. Caper, yeah, you were They're throwing a big fish. At it. But what what would happen in in these meets is like you'd submit your PB for like the eight hundred, and there'd be like a grass track, and so all the people in the race, if you're six years old, fifteen, whatever all the PBs would be staggered rounds and you'd have some sort of handicap. So you might be starting 10 meters in front of, of 800. So you'd be running 790 quick mats. And um, so at that point, you'd then go to the bet install and there'd be all these bets on and whoever, the, the goal is for everyone to finish like across the line at the same time. Cause that's what the, that's what the big goal was. And so you'd put lots of bets on. So like my parents would bet on me and stuff like that. And like we'd win a bit of money. So it makes, it, it works. It makes sense, but it's just not really being brought to a bigger stage yet. And it obviously happens at worlds and stuff. Cause I'm, I'm like, you can bet on individual athletes at worlds and Olympics and things like that. But I think in the smaller meets, it would, it would be a lot of fun, especially for kind of fan interaction and things like that. Well, for sure. Bringing more interest and stuff. Yeah. At the, at the Highland games, like do you guys in the UK put, um the amount down for how much the person weigh you know like for you like your parents would put 180 pounds down for your 180 pounds and so it's just kind of like that even mark did of you, however how much that athlete for, did? Uh, while you're speaking i wasn't listening mm-hmm. to a single word you're saying i was trying to think of a good joke so they're like i'm gonna put 100 180 pounds on the 180 pounds guy and they're like the lighter <laughs> the guy the less bet but if the bigger the guy the bigger the win so i think <laughs> that could be uh, something we incorporate um into the u.s you know i'm just like a cash 145 bet 147 bet but mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So your 800 PR. That's my, oh, ooh, 145, 147 would be nice. But unfortunately, Josh, you know, it is not either of those things. It's 148. You 148? 148, 08, because I'm. When's the last time you ran an eight? 2019. Oh, but I did run he 148. Was in the B, he was in the B race of our, our race at Sunset. Correct. Right? Correct. That was, that was the last time I raced an eight. But I did run like 148, 18 uh, during your prep for Worlds. Remember that mm-hmm. you paced me through six altitude, yeah. and Dan, he's like, that's essentially like a converted 147. I was like, I'll take that <laughs> after I had about five beers and two pizzas at a, at the local shop down the road. <laughs> um, but okay. So yeah, um, Bryce back to you. So your progression's insane, obviously, like we, we can talk about that um, as much as you'd like with your NCAA champ fourth at worlds. So now we're going into the Olympic year, hopefully like, do you think it would take a world record to win the Olympics? Honestly, yeah. I think <clears throat> with the way Donovan seems to be coming on, there's going to be there's some gonna be crazy times, and especially when when you have like the threat of Radisha coming back in with it. I mean, I don't know how how well that dude's going to do. I mean, he's probably up that age. Uh, but like, you have Nigel Amos maybe coming back in with healthy and stuff. And if you have that assortment of guys, there's going to be some crazy times being thrown down. I feel like yeah, and so you are going to have to come in with something hot. <laughs> So do you see yourself? So when you see yourself at the Olympics, you know, you said you're confident for the trials, you see yourself at the Olympics. Do you see yourself winning that race? Or do you, are you like, are you saying to yourself, you know, anything could happen, but what are you going to be happy with? You know what I mean? 
yeah no i think i think i mean everyone has kind of like that that dream of winning it and stuff and so it is it's hard to see though like it's you have to go through mm-hmm. so much to get there like mm-hmm. the hardest part of racing i think in track is like getting through those rounds like having three rounds to get through it's it's so nerve-wracking and going into like the quarterfinals and semifinals that's the worst part of it like your gut is just killing you and like oh man like if i don't make it past here then you're just, you're done you gotta yeah Yeah, and i kind of want to like elaborate on on what you're saying about going for the win and it's like it's there's nothing wrong with saying that you want to win that race and like you're working to win that race although like like donovan won worlds and donovan has the american record and things like that like for you to go into that race without the mindset of winning it is like almost a wasted effort of like not preparing for the the ultimate goal and exactly i was making a trip into saying that he wants to run the world record that's all i was saying yeah yeah (laughs) and like rightfully so and I want to elaborate on that because, I mean, Josh, you and I had spoke on this um, after our um, time trial. Um, we don't have to talk about if you beat me or not. But the next day I talked about like when I was transitioning from the collegiate programming to the professional scene, I was working out with guys that were much higher in my ability than I like anticipated. And the adjustment was a lot higher than I thought. And so for my confidence, like I would be going into races like, all right, I've never beat Josh in a workout. I've been getting dropped on these runs. I've been da, 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 da. And I was just like giving me, giving myself reasons why I couldn't win. And so when I would go into a race, I would automatically position myself somewhere between like fifth and sixth of a race. I was like, I've never beat this guy. Don't anticipate beating him here. And I only say that because I think struggling with that confidence is a natural transition, especially if you're going from high school to college and college to pro. Um, I mean, Josh and Bryce are extreme examples of athletes that have come out of college and gone into the professional scene and immediately made an impact. However, there's not a linear or like, like normal way to do it. Um, Athletes can struggle coming in. I mean, if you look at Donovan, like Donovan didn't make the first world championship team that he was slated to make, I believe, or even sat out that first world. Oh, the Olympics. Donovan didn't make the Olympic team in 2016 and he was supposed to, you know? And so being a high school athlete going into college and being a a collegiate athlete going to pro, there's going to be an adjustment period. And it's like, if you're struggling with that confidence, just know that like anyone at any level is still struggling with that confidence. But what's really cool is like this exact moment of like Bryce saying he's going to go for the Olympic gold, Bryce saying that he thinks it's going to take a world record. Like he's training to do that, even though he's never done that. And so now it's like, I'm happy to tell everyone that like my sad story is over. And like, I've now gone into a race with like, the specific purpose of winning, even though I've never beaten Josh and things like that. Like I'm hundred percent confident that that day will come. And when it comes, it's going to come loud. I mean, I'll be banging on my chest, looking the man in the face saying, who's the Scottish man now? Who's the king of the North today, boy. And like, it's going to be a well-earned fight though. That's the thing. I don't ever want it to be me winning a race and, and it not being earned or like me looking for respect and it not being earned. So for you guys listening, like it's okay to have these slip-ups and confidence. It's okay to be feeling these types of things where you're, you're doubting yourself. But I think the biggest advice that I can give in that standpoint is when you get to the starting line, give yourself the utmost confidence, the utmost respect that you can win that race. Because if you do that, you're going to surprise yourself. If you go into that race thinking you're going to lose, you've lost before you got to the line. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but I think that's a really, really cool and important thing to note on is that like everyone has different mentalities. And if your mentality slips, that's okay. Um, it's just about how you respond to that. And it's about how you can adjust and, and become the best version of yourself and whatever you're trying to pursue. So did you see someone for that? What's up? Did you like for that transition in, you know, feelings and, and things like that? Like, did you go and see like a psych or like a sports psych or was it just in inside being able to realize like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. I mean, 
Um, I'm sorry, Bryce. I'm kind of taking the guest spotlight for for this little. I just, I'm quite interested in you, Dave. I'm interested. I'm listening. Yeah. So, so I do have. Um, this is an intervention. Yeah, this is an intervention. <laughs> um, I'm still struggling for my GameStop and Dogecoin investment, but you know that's okay. Dogecoin will be. Dogecoin will be all right. To the one dollar. <laughs> they call me Doge, Dogecoin Dave for a reason, but. Um, back back to my sad story. Um, I didn't see any medical professionals. No. Um, however, I do and I'm actively searching now to find a sports psychologist. Um, and the reason for that is things are going so well right now. And I want to know why those things are going well. Um, and if I ever find a moment where I begin to slip again, I'll have some form of professional reassurance of like, this is where you were. This is how you can get back to that point. Um, however, I journal regularly now and I, I do a lot of like, um, like interpersonal reasonings of doing the things that I do and why I do what I do. And you've talked on that, um, Josh, before of like, what's our whys? Um, we don't need to get into that. But my turning point actually came from getting PRP in my Achilles and forcing time off. And so for about five months, I was tied to a stationary bike. And all I could do was watch you guys race in Portland, people race in Europe. And what I did on the bike was I would watch, I was watching races from 2005, maybe even earlier from that, like, I was watching Bernard Lagat in the 1500 when he represented Kenya. I was watching Alan Webb's races. And then I also got kind of looped into watching my own races from college and watching myself race was what flipped it around for me because it's like, man, I was confident as shit in this race. There's no reason for me to be as confident as I was other than the fact that I believed in myself. And like, that's what I started holding myself accountable to when I was working out on the bike. I was like, I went into Azusa Pacific running 339 with 100% confidence that I was going to win that race. Even though I didn't, I still set the division two record in the 1500 meters. And so for me, what it took was just like looking back at what was working for me and looking back at where my mindset was and how could I incorporate that into today's work ethic and how can I incorporate that into today's training? And what it is, is it was just going back to the basics of like knowing like as long as I trust my team and I trust my coaching and I trust myself, ultimately if I trust myself, I'm going to get to the line and I'm going to make the most of it. And so I didn't seek professional help, but I just kind of introvertedly looked at myself and, and thought like, man, you've, you're on this like linear progression through your entire career and you dipped. Why did you dip? Why were you at this high before? And I don't know if I figured it out, but I can tell you that like you, you've attested to it, Josh. Like I do feel like a different athlete than I was a year ago. And like, I do feel as though like I'm, I have every legitimate shot to make that team and, and as long as these guys keep talking shit over social media, they'll keep their blinders up and then dark horses will be able to pass them on the outside. Like I'm all here for it. And I'm going to keep working until I can prove the, the fact to myself that I deserve to be here. So long winded answer, but slip of confidence is natural. You know, doubt is natural, but um, yeah. my advisor, last thing, my advisor in college um, told me uh, fear is an acronym, which is false evidence appearing real. And so like, I actually like that analogy because all fear is, is just false evidence appearing real there's nothing about fear that's real unless you make it real so cool. back to you mr bryce we'll get back into a little bit lighthearted banter bowl ish uh <laughs> no, sit and kick I, way I, I wanted to like like one more question before we get into that it's like um bryce who's part of your like team yeah who's Who, team bryce? like like you've got obviously your coach you got your agent we've kind of spoke on that is there anyone else that you've kind of hired or kind of uh, like move to when we, when you have problems or like a strength coach or anything like that, like who's like part of your like setup. Hmm. Are you talking like, like on a professional level to like helping yeah. me run and stuff or yeah, I mean, like, relationship? Who's the, who's the chick? 
these types of things. <laughs> like, no, like, for, like, I'll give you like, my example is like, obviously, I've got Danny as a coach. We have Dr. Cal as a nutritionist. We have Sarah as our, you know, our trainer. Um, I then have Jesse as a marketing guy. And then I also have um, a sports psych as well. And okay, so that's empire. kind of that's kind of my empire i also have my dad that, that that travels with me as well so like that's kind of my happy like everything it kind of bounces off all these people and whenever my problems are i kind of just pass them off and and we, and we solve them to make sure that we're the best the the best you know athlete i can be do you have you know in the first year that you've signed have you have you kind of create like a group around you that that's allowing you to kind of elevate your performance no i think i feel like for me one of the huge things was like I really, I came from like a really strong family background and like athletics in my family has always been like everything. And, uh, my dad's like in a, in a baseball job and my sister played basketball and my other sister played soccer and stuff. And so like that focus on sports has like always been huge in my family. And so I feel like with anything like that, I, I have such a strong support from them to where I can just like always go to. And, uh, like whenever I have these doubts about myself and everything like that, is there always always there for it. And, uh, I don't know, having like the older sisters and my older sister was like a national champion in basketball. And so that was, it kind of like made it easier for me in a way to like look up to her and kind of like chase after that same type of dream. And so I don't know, I've always kind of just like followed their lead. And uh, I was always kind of just like the little brother of the of the family. And so everyone was kind of like, not that like I was being babied and stuff, but I feel like they were always there for me. And I can can be more thankful for it. So I think that's awesome. that's a big point that keeps yeah, me at all. Your father Monty, your mom Rita, and your two sisters Kelsey and Megan. <laughs> yeah. You're a psychopath, mate. You're you're <laughs> gonna get done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we like to do a little game. I think you know if you've listened to the podcast, we like to do a little bit of a game to kind of warm warm the the guest up a little bit into the banner ball. So I made this game up. Uh, it's a new game. And in this game, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a professional track team, like a group. And you're going to have to just say the first word that comes to mind that doesn't relate to the running performance. So something that categorizes that team, but like just a little bit of fun. Um, but it doesn't, it's not like, you know, oh, they're great at running, you know? Okay. So, uh, you know, Dave, you want to, you want to start racking these, these groups off right here? Yeah, and I'm, I'm adding a little bit more groups on the end just to can continue this uh, team segment because I think this is a cool team segment. So, thanks, Dave. All right, um, we're going to warm up the hands. We're going to crack the knuckles, get a little knuckle pop in the mic. Oh, I actually did that. Um, cool. All right, so the first team, you give one word off the top of your head, Oregon Track Club. Nothing. I, I honestly don't think much about Oregon Track Club. <laughs> Love to do hear. You say, do you say Sorry. relevant? I wow. mean, that's, that's that's what that. came that's what came to my mind. Nothing. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can tell you're very good at spontaneous thinking. So we're gonna go with another one. Uh, Atlanta Track Club. Avery. Avery. I just know Avery Bartlett. That is, that the, funny, is that the uh, TikTok dude? Yeah. Yeah. He he. Like we, we we met up or he was with us at a uh, indoors last year when we went to what is it, El Patron? What was that place called? Yeah, El Patron probably. Yeah, and he introduced himself to the table as the TikTok guy, and I was like, well, I, was, I, "I was honestly getting ready for this in my mind when you mentioned it." And like <clears throat> the first two clubs you said, I was like, "Oh man, those like those didn't come to mind." So yeah, <clears throat> hopefully I'll do better for these next ones. <laughs> All right, Josh, you want to keep reading? Or you want it? Yeah, I, I quite enjoy listening to your voice, Dave. Oh, appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, um, I actually have an audiobook available for Small School Big Dreams. You can buy it on my website. Or no, I don't. Oh, I'll, I'll. How much would you pay if I if I read it? If like, you read I, it, 
Like Josh, you have to person. read a book first, and then you could try to come in uh, on onto mine. But I'll need you to read a book before you read mine. I got you. <laughs> um, Bowerman Track Club. Divas. Ooh, I like. That. <laughs> I'm not done. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those well, I like it. Well, yeah, I like we're it. only strictly talking about the men's team as well. Hot takes. Um, I mean, it works for both, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Puma's new group. Money. I feel like Mondo's just pulling it in for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, if you look at Puma, I mean, like, they're putting in a lot into track right now. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know. I feel like Mondo became like the face of the sport almost. Yeah. Seriously. All right. Um, I'm gonna hit you with a hard one. The Brooks Beasts. Like party or fun time. I just oh, no. <laughs> that's not what I'm thinking y'all. I, I think of that, that time in Reno with uh uh Allie and Carissa and Well you oh. brought it up. Yeah, Reno. How was Reno? <laughs> oh, that was a fun time. I mean <laughs> open bars are never good. Yeah, I know. I felt like I was there. I mean, I got so, or I definitely yeah. saw a photo from that night that was. We quite saw interesting. photos from that night. We heard stories from that night. I think by the time that <laughs> our teammates returned from Reno, we were practically there. We knew who you were as a person. <laughs> yeah, we practically met you without even meeting you, Bryce. Yeah, that was a oh man, that was a fun time. <laughs> and then also, I guess like to add on to that is after USA indoors this last year when we we had the thing up at the the high house. Oh man, that needs like, to happen again, yeah. I know that was the last time things were normal in terms of post. Honestly, I was thinking about that, and when USA got when indoors got canceled, I was honestly a little more sad about like the after party. (laughs) (laughs) The actual race. (laughs) It's funny. It's actually like when I was coming out of college too. The first thing that came to my mind was like I've known the Brooks Beast, so the people on the team have been like rumored as like the partiers, and we take the track very serious. um, But yeah, I think it's just personality. To be, I think it is personality. There's not a lot of groups that have like big personalities and went to college or were ever in frats or anything and were able to kind of do the whole college thing as well as being good at running <laughs> yeah and i think you know our, our team is very personality i mean our, our fucking practice is crazy hashtag run happy so yeah. next one um we're gonna go with golden coast track club Ooh. i was waiting for like a no thank you <laughs> i'm sure you've been offered to go there Oh, that one's a touchy one. On the, I, I don't know if I want to speak on that one. I'd say just oh, like welfare fun. <laughs> what did you say? I'd just say fun also. I had a fun time when I was down there in San Diego with Eric and the boys. Yeah. Those are the homies. I just don't uh, know if I'm ready to move on if Eric's listening to this. <laughs> um, We're going to go to the next one. Pete's Portland Pirates. I, I just named them that because that's what Portland Track Festival calls them the studs i feel like that's just a cool group to be a part of yeah they have a lot of the elite athletes yeah dude i wish i didn't have a group name <laughs> i wish I, I wish i had i didn't have a coach <laughs> um all right next one uh 10 man elite the instagram models <laughs> yeah we we get into a good amount of conversations as a team about some of the posts some no, of the decisions they well i say that jokingly because like yeah, you know, they they market themselves like better than anyone out there. I feel like they know. Yeah, they know how to make the money. And they know know exactly what their niche is. So yeah. they're not doing a bad job by any means. Uh, last one, Reebok. They have a group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the the what is that Reebok Track Club East Coast East Coast. I actually don't know the name. It's with nine. <laughs> is it is in Charlotte? Is it in Charlotte? Yeah, it's like Justin Knight, Ben Flanagan, Alex Rogers. Oh yeah. 
I always see those guys more as like individuals. Like those are some big personalities, especially Justin Knight. So I, mm. I see him, I know he's Reebok, but I didn't necessarily see him as a group. Yeah, you can't recognize him because he's not wearing Reebok shoes. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess we have another one. Uh, Northern Arizona Elite. Uh, NAZ Elite. Mm-hmm. I'm just like miles. I feel like those dudes just crush it. They're yeah, all, the, all the long distance guys over there. That's fair. <laughs> And then I guess we have to name at least the last group as well. That's off the top of my head. The New Balance Boston Women's Group and Drew Piazza. Oh, wait, what group is that? Again, like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. You know, oh, the New Balance I mean, Boston. No, I, I, need to, I need to do more research on track, yeah. I guess. All right, let's, yeah. let's, let's, I bet the, the team, boss, team boss group. Oh, team boss. Oh, yeah. The one I want to go to. <laughs> <laughs> say that that's that's, that's my favorite group yeah that's a fun group to look at i like morgan's youtube all right um so we're gonna go down into the ever famous section bryce of the banter bowl oh let's get it hashtag bring your own banter hashtag bring the banter hashtag banter bowl um hashtag hashtag banter bryce i don't know i'm hashtagging because like these obviously aren't flaring anything but we're gonna go ahead and go with some of the submitted questions. Um, so what was it like losing a 21 win streak to a world champion? And why do you allow Donovan to win? Oh, I don't know if I necessarily allowed him to win. I feel like he kind of just took that one, but uh, I've always justified it in my head. as like, all right, who, who else should I lose it to other than a world, a world champion? So I was like, all right. I'll Fair enough. I had to hit another to- one. Josh, do you want me to text these to you too as well so you can No, I, I can see one that I really want to ask. You want to ask it? <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you who it is afterwards. He has a secret YouTube channel where he posts homemade videos, lol. Oh, shoot. Y'all have to, y'all have to go check those out. I got some. some... <laughs> do you know who, do you have any idea who that who that is? I don't think so, but yeah, I've made some uh, scary movies for like classes back in high school and uh, they're just awful, but they're they're pretty funny it's just mainly uh just some of my friends walking around my house trying to make it a scary movie just <laughs> do you want to oh. do you want to put your youtube handle down there <laughs> i'm sure you can find it i'm pretty sure it's just like bryce hopple but <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i would i would strongly recommend not going to watch this it's, it's going to be a waste of 10 minutes <laughs> so i hate this banterball question because it's also a roast on me but david has a rough time being in josh's shadow how do you deal with donovan's shadow Huh. I always kind of viewed it as like not being in a shadow, but like working my way up there just because like, I feel like I have kind of just like come out of nowhere. So I've, I've never really taken the time to think that I'm like in a shadow. So I'm thinking more of I'm rising, rising up. Some of these questions make no sense. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll hit you with one. Um, so Bryce really likes breaking stuff. I'm going to tell you the story. A few months ago, when he came back from the Diamond League meet in Doha, he was really excited to see everyone. He tried to go into one of our teammates' houses, and the door was locked. So he literally kicked down the door and busted the frame so he could say hi. <laughs> so, so what's your backstory there? What, what, why, why do you feel like you have like that general sense of importance that you can just kick down people's door frames? Uh, I mean, because <laughs> he loves to spend his money. It's a weak door, so I was like, I was gonna kick it just like just for it to be fun. But no, that thing shattered way too easily. And that door came falling down. Uh, but I think it's more of a, 
when I'm in that state of mind, drinking a bunch of Kool-Aid, uh, it's just, uh, <laughs> all right, we're, we're doing whatever here. Like I'm, I'm not going to have the patience to wait for this door to be unlocked. And so <laughs> I think one of the more funny things is, uh, we, there's like a tradition for a little bit, just at parties at, at one of these houses. And it's like, I don't know how I started it, but I'll just be like, yo, I think that chair of there is talking shit. That's going to be in my next question. <laughs> yeah. but let me pause you there. Uh, Apparently Bryce doesn't get along with chairs. He always <laughs> goes around saying this chair's talking shit. Then he'll end, <laughs> either toss it as high in the air as he can or spike it to the ground. Many chairs <laughs> yeah. have been lost. Go ahead I and explain yourself. Is that a sober thing? Uh, No. <laughs> it's more of a like let's get this crowd rowdy and like go have some fun just like breaks and stuff and so chairs are always fun they, they shatter pretty well um when you get some speed on them especially throwing them off the decks and stuff so i don't know i feel like it just brings the liveliness to the party <laughs> but <laughs> yeah i don't so, know do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage right here uh shoot usually just the rum and coke is what does the does the job does what's needed yeah <laughs> but dave, dave, dave does some deep di like diving for this and like really gets involved in your family that's why he knows everyone in your family yeah. and like i want to i want to hear who you've been speaking to dave that's what i want to know i don't i don't ever reveal my sources um yeah. but i will say that bryce um posts a lot of photos of himself on Instagram. So it's really hard to find anyone in his corner or any of his friends because almost every photo on his Instagram is just him. So I had to do a deep dive into people that he just would tag randomly in photos. And then I just personally messaged them. And uh -huh. luckily every single one replied, but the unfortunate thing, and I think this is what's banter's jo um, Josh, and I'm not even gonna speak to Bryce on this, is Bryce is too nice of a guy. Every, everything that they would say is they'd be like, they would tell a story, but they'd say, but you know, overall Br Bryce is just such a good guy. And I'm like, I'm really excited for I don't his see future. It, dude. I don't <laughs> see it either. I, I, I feel like- People put this front up. This is the same with Drew Hunter, dude. Drew Hunter is like the nicest guy. I really like him. I feel like there's something. There, I want you know? a like, reason nice. to hate Bryce Hopple. Yeah. Just oh, like, okay. just, you just got to tap in the wrong spot and he'll just fucking shatter. And then he'll just start <laughs> kicking doors down and throwing chairs. <laughs> I understand. That's more of just like a fun thing. <laughs> All right. Um, this is a good question. Not necessarily banterish, but informative. Bryce, who is someone you want to beat in the 800 meters? And, and let's, let's take Donovan out of the, out of the equation. I'm really hoping Rudisha. Cause like, I mean, the dude's the legend of all time for 800. So yeah. I'm really hoping he makes that Kenyan team and, gets out there with us that's i feel like that's a dream of mine <laughs> so definitely him should this person go to kansas just to wear the sweet pink uniforms yeah I'm, i've got to say no on that one dude y'all don't like them might be the worst color scheme in the ncaa scheme you just wait for our singlets to come out dude i got a <laughs> right here on my wall yeah it's an ncaa oh wow I'll yeah i don't know those pink tights they make you stand out a little bit that's true that's true i mean that's why we have like the fluorescent yellow for the brooks beach you know because all these all these yeah. nike and just singlets seem to be black so just yeah, go with the bright yellow so you can see where we're at they're like throwbacks i'm gonna hit you with some off the top would you rather would you rather for some banter um would you rather be in the american 800 meter race that it is currently in um in terms of competition or would you rather be a standout alone uh, multiple time us champion i like the current it's like, like the current yeah it's it's more fun when you have like when you get to say things like the u.s is gonna like go try to bring as much medals as we can like that makes it fun 
when you okay, have like cool. a dominant squad going in. Would you rather get to the Olympic final and your spikes break at the start line so you have to run it barefoot or would you rather not be in the final at all? Oh, spikes break. I'm running that shit barefoot for sure. <laughs> <laughs> barefoot? I mean, that would just suck. I mean, I'm a, my feet will be bleeding before I just don't run it at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. This is one okay. we get hit with sometimes. Would you rather um, be infertile, never be able to have kids of your own or never be able to make an Olympic team? That's mental. What do you mean you've been given that a lot? When who's asked you that? Don't worry about it. That's <laughs> outrageous. That's all right. I'll I'll adopt a kid. I mean, <laughs> there's some kids out there that need good parents. Are you gonna name your kid Bryce Jr. BJ? <laughs> no, nah, it's not really a good family name. It's a it's a one time deal. <laughs> um, I'm gonna spit one more. This is one that I ask. So would would you? This isn't even a would you rather. This is more like a would you? Would you go? And I actually want to know the answer to a lot of people. So if you're listening to this podcast still, submit a question and tell me if you're gonna if you would do it or not, or an answer, I guess. Would you go to a remote location, let's say a population of a hundred in the middle of nowhere, tied off from society? You can't do social media, you can't do anything, but you have to go there for an entire year. You get $10 million, but you don't tell anyone that you're there. So everyone in your immediate life thinks you're dead, and everyone in the world thinks you're dead. But you're there for a year, $10 million, but you can come out the other end with $10 million. Do you have to pay taxes on that? You don't pay taxes, $10 million cold hard cash, non-deducted. And we're also going to say everything that's like you're planning for right now, like Olympics and things like that, like those are in the equation. This is mostly just a question of morality. Oh, man. That's, I just, I'm thinking about my mom, just thinking about yeah, it. That that'd be tough, but I feel like I'd be good enough at explaining and consoling her after the year. That like a year's hey, a long time. You would do it. Yeah. I'd, you would walk out I'd the other end with 10 million, give your mom a cool one mil and say, Hey, we're even. Hey, pay cool taxes on this. She would probably <laughs> beat the shit out of you. Oh, I know. That's I'm scared of that. Yeah, yeah they've that, gone through the whole grieving process, dude. Because you're just yeah. oh. they've missed your birthday, they've missed Christmas with you. They've missed Thanksgiving. There's an empty seat at the table, but you come out the other end like, yo, what's up? I got some bling. I got some money. Let's celebrate. Actually, when you put it like that, I don't think, I don't know. And then he just buys a 65 inch curved TV and everything. He just buys another set of Game of Thrones (laughs) collector's edition and calls it a day. (laughs) No, I'm going to take that back. I I feel like the emotional, emotional weight on the people is like not worth it, I guess. Look at him respecting his family. What a wonderful man. Way to to catch yourself in the act. Um, (laughs) All right. And typically at the end of the episode, um, we'll let you name it in a bit. But if you have any banter you want to throw towards us, this is your opportunity. Oh, shoot. To buy you some time, I will say my mom asked a question. And she said, would it be helpful if your mom was a physio? My mom is a physio and she's awesome. And she does a lot of work for me. And I thought I'd give her a little shout out here because she's she's a wee legend. (laughs) Just, Just give you a bit of time. mom it's great to have you as a physio and the mother and i'll also add before i'll give you some more time my mom as a retired force service employee so she educated me about trees and forest management (laughs) and the fire triangle so if you want actual knowledge and education um have your mom be that but i know your dad um is involved in the the baseball scene like you said he's the general manager for the midland rock hounds um a double a minor league affiliate of the oakland days so um you you obviously have good resource for parents but this is a time for banter no, I was gonna oh, say this one's for Josh. I, I'm gonna say make the challenge of I'm gonna come up and get you in the 15 before you come down and give me in the eight for sure. Dude, I just I, I just don't see that I just don't see that ever happening, and that's fine. And and like I 
I fully want you to be confident this year, Bryce. I'm, I'm rooting yeah. for you, you know, behind my teammates, obviously. You know, that's where my heart is, you know, you know, with the boys, with Drew and Brandon in the eight. You can be third. That's fine. I'm happy with that. Um, but, yeah, it, it, that ain't going to happen, dude. <laughs> that's okay though that's okay but like that we're gonna we're gonna try to get it like the 15 standard just for like some insurance yeah like, uh, fall that's the fair i think it's that? a good I, I think that's a good option i think we're, we're like I, i'm gonna i'm like 0.05 off the eight i'm gonna try and get the eight i'm gonna try and get the 5k yeah. just for fun you know i mean like it's kind of something to do this year isn't it yeah, yeah, fuck how's you the, josh how's the great britain trials even work they do some shady stuff over there is it yeah yeah straight up shady stuff so um the first two spots if you have the standard are like locked and then the third is like where the shade comes in you know where it's like you know who's who's gonna get it you know it's up to the discretion of the selectors to see they they pretty much choose who they think is gonna be best at the major championships between third fourth fifth you can be last in the final uh of british champs and still make the team you could also not even race it right no, that so that rule left when Mo Farah left. Mm, okay, who, because who was never it, uh, the trials. that recently just didn't do the trials? Laura Muir. What trials? She didn't do the 19 trials. Oh, uh, yeah, okay, maybe there's some certain, yeah. There's some golden <laughs> boys and golden girls in the uh, in the old British champs, but uh, I'm not, I, I'm, in, I'm in a competitive field, so that's not really an option for me. Shoot. Fair enough. Looks like but, we need to get close with these guys on the USATF, Dave. Yeah, I, I'm going to assume your banter to me is not even um, challenging me to a race. Um, I take that more to heart than Josh probably bantered to heart of you challenging him in a race. So you don't have I'll, to say anything to banter me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I'll banter you if you want. You. My banter with you is uh, I think I have a lot, a lot more books on my reading list before yours. Oh, Fair enough. Dude, if you can call it a book. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> i'm kidding i'll get around to it sometime i've actually been interested no don't, don't even worry about it usually at the end of the episode uh the guests ask for my book but i say sure i'll send it your way but for you i'm not going to give it to you um <laughs> for those listening yeah, you can buy it on my website i'm sorry i'm just trying to get in the spirit of this banter <laughs> dave, dave, dave's never phased by these things so dave how much is it going to cost you to like how much are you going to pay me to do this audiobook thing because i think that really is going to be a hit dude because I could roast your book throughout. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, I think we'll do a trial next episode when it's just you t- you and I, Josh. We'll read um, we'll read the day that you set the collegiate record in the 1500 meters live on the podcast. And that can be okay. like a trial run. And we can see how much um, you should get paid for that. How about this, yeah. though? If I don't beat you within 2021, 2022, I'll pay you a significant years? amount. But if I beat you, you pay uh-huh. me to read my book. Okay. Yeah, fair. I can do that. Yeah, I've never been more confident in my life. It could be in Josh's voice, right? Oh, it will be in Josh's voice. Okay, yeah, it'll be in the thickest Scottish accent. <laughs> I'll, I'll put, I'll, yeah, I'll put on my best accent for you. However, there is a another Scotsman ahead of you um, with Jake Whiteman that I'd prefer. He's better athlete, English, better reader, most likely. He's so English. I'll have him. All right, Bryce. Typically, at the end of every episode, uh, we let the guest shine in their brilliance and name the episode off the top of their head. Um, so whether it's something we've talked about, something that struck out to you, whether it was small school, big dreams, we're going to let you take it away and name the episode in whatever fashion you would like. I'm going to say three, two, one, whenever you're ready. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, let's get it. All right. Three, two, one. There's other pro groups. 
<laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Sit and Cake Podcast with Bryce Hopple. There's other pro groups, but still runs 144. Um, Josh, you want any sign out message? No, I've, I've enjoyed this one. I think this one's been a long time coming. Uh, there's been some great insight here and moving into an Olympic year. We 100% hope that you're third at the Olympic trials and we're back and forth because our boys are going one, two. That's all I can say. Really. Yeah. I'm excited for when you, you win a race, maybe when you're at New Balance Boston, you just talk about how the Sit and Kick podcast motivated you in your final uh, 100 meters of the race. So, so a slow, to get a real reappearance on the podcast. What's Josh Kerr? All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich.